Andersons PhD podcast. Anecdotes from 2000 days of researching, learning and teaching. My name is Jesper Andersen, and from January 2020, I'll be enrolled at the doctoral program at the Department of Architecture, Design and Media Technology, Aalborg University. I will be doing my PhD researching music and technology with three articles related to cochlear implant, distance learning and 3D audio. And for me, it will be a part-time job for five years while I will stay in my current position as associate professor and head of Tonemeister program at the Royal Danish Academy of Music. With this podcast, I want to give an informal look into the life of a PhD fellow, sharing thoughts, surprises, concerns and research findings on the way. Thanks for listening. So hello and welcome to the third episode of Anderson's PhD podcast. It is now uh, Sunday evening, January 12th quite late in the evening here and uh, so what else to do than talk a little bit <laughs> into a microphone about um, big projects here i think it would be nice to move on a little bit uh, and for today i would like to talk a little bit about um, what came out of the meeting i had earlier this week with um, actually the first meeting with my primary phd tutor and also with jeremy who is an expert on cochlear implants and to talk a little bit about uh, how the this first article of my phd is taking form already or not the article itself but the the work with this uh, all of the work surrounding that article but first of all i would just like to uh, to say a little bit about this uh, talk and this podcast itself my my first thought right now is is that maybe this one minute intro i have is already a little bit too long if i'm so lucky that some listeners are returning so maybe i'll shorten that at some point but uh, most podcast players they have a skip button where you can jump 30 seconds so maybe you can just do that two times blop blop and then you are pretty close to the beginning uh, then i would like to say that i'm very happy and quite overwhelmed about the the many con- congratulations i've got from so many people who, and when i've started this project it's, it's, it's really fantastic uh, and uh, and also the, the support for a lot of people surrounding this uh, this podcast here so I was really not imagining that anyone would take a listen but it seems like someone at least are following and that's that's pretty pretty nice but uh, I think I've said this earlier that I don't really have any any expectations towards this so uh, so we will see we'll see how it goes and what shape it takes on the way. But uh, yes, I'll try, as I always say, to keep this short. So maybe I'll just talk for maximum 10 minutes from now uh, about this uh, this first article, which is the cochlear implant article. Uh, and uh, the, the basic framing of this article would be to arrange a concert for cochlear implants. And after the first meeting, it was quite clear that to have the perfect framing of this project, we should actually do two concerts. Uh, and this is because that the, the second concert, which will be the big one, will have the best timing far ahead in the future because it will actually be in September 2021 during the Digital, or digital Audio Effects Conference in Copenhagen. So that is in, uh, in September 2021, which means that it's in more than one and a half years from now. 
uh, which is very long. It's actually just around when I should start finishing that that first article. So there's a so the structure will be a little bit with a very very long, uh, uh, how can you say, uh, preparation and planning and testing phase before the actual concert. And to get the greatest value out of this, it would be very good to make an earlier concert, which will be in May 2021. So that's also like in almost one and a half year from now. Uh, and that's a good timing, May 2021, because that will uh, make it possible in a good way for me to involve some master's stu- students from uh, the Aalborg University, maybe also from the Technical University, and maybe also from the Royal Academy of Music, uh, and try to get some, some good cooperations for that, uh, which then could lead to this concert in May 2021, and then some months of learning and, and revising what went on there, and then come back in September for the second concert. Concert. So this will be a long project, and it also means that uh, that the second article of my my PhD, which will be surrounding uh, distance learning, I will start working on that already while I'm finishing the first project. Uh, but uh, in my everyday work life, I'm pretty much used to doing a lot of projects at the same time, so that's not so scary for me. But of course, it would be interesting uh, how well I'm able to find a good focus on doing two two projects uh, of this size at the same time. Uh, then something came out of this first meeting, and that is actually something that relates to the f- uh, to the very overall structure on the uh, about the the project. So a very high up helicopter view of the whole project, but also something that goes very specifically down to the details of this project. And just to start with the helicopter perspective, uh, a very important thing for me to investigate right now is actually what will be the common factor of these uh, three different projects I'm doing. Because the three articles will be written into one uh, big collected PhD book. Uh, and honestly, right now, I'm not sure how well they will have to be uh, integrated. I think it's, as far as I know, there's a tradition that it is possible to make have a common theme, but that they will actually be pretty different articles and then in the end be, be written together. But I'm not really clear on how closely related they, they will have to be. And this is something I'll have to address with my, with my tutor on the very first uh, meeting we have or the very next meeting we will be having. But one thing that came came really interesting to me in, in terms of this overall theme uh, came out of the details of the cochlear implant project. And this is because that right now the overall theme for the project is, is really uh, investigations on how classical music and technology interact. So what happens when these two things meet? Um, but maybe it's actually not the technology itself. Maybe it's actually something concerning musical interpretation. So, so right now, a, a question for me could be: What? Uh, how are changes in musical uh, interpretation being perceived? when they are transmitted through technology. So when I talk about interpretation, I mean, you know, uh, if you look at classical music, many times or most of the times the music is written down on a score and the score of the music is basically a pretty simple land map of the music. You can see the notes and the rhythm and the, the duration of the notes and how loud you should play uh, and a little bit other describing words, but it's basically like a, a, a road map or a map of the music, but it's not the, the, the music itself. The music itself comes alive once there's an interpretation, which is done by the musicians. And if it's a big orchestra, there's a conductor, of course, very much involved in organizing that interpretation. 
And right now I'm considering that that it's, it's very interesting to see that if you have changes in this interpretation when you're listening to the music live in the concert hall or wherever you hear your music uh, live, <laughs> then, then you will observe these changes or these nuances in the interpretation in one way. Whereas if you are listening to the music through some sort of technology it could be on a if you listen on a spotify stream or something like that you will perceive these changes or these different interpretations in a different way and this is something that we can see when we record we record music that sometimes the, the musicians actually have to play to the microphones for a recording and then actually adjust their interpretation in a way and and play a little bit differently than from what they would do to a concert So this was a long introduction to this, but it, it actually came out of some, some detailed work on the cochlear implant listener research, because I think I have said before that there has not been any research into classical music sound for cochlear implant. Or I think I have said that there has been very little, but there has actually been some. Um, and I, I looked a little bit more into that with uh, Jeremy from DCU the other day, Uh, which has actually been a project for f that he has been very much involved with, where they have been playing Mozart piano pieces for cochlear implant users and and listening to the two different versions and get getting a lot of feedback out of that. And and the first really important point for me is to know that the changes in the sound will have to be very very big in order to have any impact on the on the listener. So if we talk about sound when we when we do a normal CD recording of music you we can change from one microphone to the other and it will uh, optimize uh, the sound with very small details that in the end will add up to a really beautiful soundscape but these differences that we're used to work with as a as a sound engineer for classical music those details will mean absolutely nothing to a cochlear implant user they need a much bigger difference of sound with a much bigger bigger impact to the music So all changes in the sound will have to be exaggerated. And an example of this is that it's, for instance, quite difficult for cochlear implant users even to recognize the the pitch. So so the height of the note, if you play a musical interval, for, for instance, a tritonus of three whole notes, so those two different notes, one first one, then the other, then a cochlear implant user will actually have a really hard time hearing even which note is the highest and which one is the lowest. And you can also see that if you take a Mozart piece for piano and totally randomize all the notes, you keep the rhythm and the the how can you say the intensity of the music, loud how loud it is and how soft it is in the different passages, but totally randomize all the notes, the emotional impression for a cochlear implant user is basically the same as if you hear it with the with the real notes. Uh, but then Jeremy told me that one thing that they didn't really look at was what happens if you enhance, or they looked a little bit at this, that if you enhance the musical expression, so when you play louder, you play much louder, and when you play softer, you play much softer, and more intense, you play even extra intense, and so on. And here they did not see that change that they were expecting, and he had a, a thought that maybe this was because everything was computerized, and if they actually have real musicians performing a reinterpretation where everything is, is exaggerated, maybe it would have an impact. Uh, and that sounds exactly like something for me that I could imagine recording a, a string quartet <coughs> in, a, in a, a regular version, but also having a version where they really exaggerate all the dynamic changes and the general all aspects of the, of the expression of the music. And then see 
uh, if if it actually will will make a bigger impact, it it probably would. And I I think I'm in a pretty good position to do exactly that because this is where the the whole test is not purely a a technical issue and and how can you say nature science issue, but it's also an artistic issue. So I would be in a good position to do that coming from a, a music uh, academy, which is basically an arts institution, to to work with that. <clears throat> so one one way is actually to to really work with exaggerating the the musical expression, but also to uh, to add extra cues to the music uh, and this could be for recordings but especially something to be tested out for a concert performance where we could imagine to work with the um, pitch tracking on all the instruments and a pitch tracker will will be an and an live real-time analysis of all the notes being played and then those that analysis can actually trigger a synthesizer playing a pure sine wave of the same notes uh, because it also is very clear that cochlear implant users are the more complex harmonic structure a sound has the more difficult it is for them to make sense of it. So if you imagine the sound of a cello, you have the fundamental note, and then you have all of the harmonics all the way up. Uh, And all of those harmonics, for normal hearing people, they sound very beautiful. But for a cochlear implant user, they will actually, uh, how can you say, uh, ruin the the soundscape or cause a lot of confusion. So if you could imagine that you could almost crossfade between a pure acoustic natural recording then into the same string quartet playing but only playing with pure sine waves and then in a way where the artistic uh, expressions are exaggerated. That could be something that I think will be very interesting to to look at. Maybe we could even uh, work with... um, I'm just thinking out loud right now, <laughs> but uh, work with the with the analysis of music that is already already been recorded. It should be possible to do pitch tracking polyphonically. It is so, so you can get all the different notes and actually have a pure sine wave version of historic recordings. Could be interesting. A few other uh, uh, few other things to to work with, uh, uh, which is from the way beginning of my project was a part of it is also to work with extensive panning of the sound so really to exaggerate the sound of one musician is only on the left another one is only to the right with a very very wide stereo image and uh, for the concerts which we will do in the new hall at the royal academy of music where we have this wonderful 3d audio system we could even work with placing the musicians in in each corner or maybe above the 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 listener and see if it has an impact like this. And this ties into maybe doing some experiments that relates to binaural a surround sound where you actually mimic a surround sound where you can listen through headphones. That could be a way as well. Uh, and then the two last things that, that could be incorporated, and this is these two things is actually why it could be a good thing to have first concert in May 2021, because these two things could involve master students from the universities. And one thing, first thing is to, to add visual cues to the music, so that means add some sort of uh, visual uh, design that it could be that if, if you have the, um, you can imagine the important parts of the music that uh, maybe there's light on the soloist on every single part, that they will light up or maybe there's some sort of, of background with, with some sort of visual design that will enhance the listener's experience. So that's one thing. And the other thing is also to give some tactile physical feedback to the to the listeners. It could be something like a vibrating belt that they can put on that will vibrate along with the with the music. That should also give some, some pretty good cues about uh, about what's going on. Yeah, so... so 
rounding off, I'm looking now at a project with a very, very long preparation phase before these concerts, and it's very important for me to know exactly how can I put the best use of this time, because it will literally be hundreds and hundreds of hours for me before the actual first concert. So in about four days, I have a meeting with my tutor again, and, and this is something that we will we will talk about. The, the overall structure of this this first uh, first project and try to see how can I make a good use all of out of all of that time so that's one thing and then we need to as I said before to talk about how closely does does these uh, three articles have to relate to each other in order to to be encompassed together a big PhD project uh, and then we have one very specific assignment that is actually to look at which uh, classes I'll have to be enrolled myself. Uh, because the university, they have a very, very big and very beautiful uh, catalog of different PhD courses on everything f- f- related to, to research method and uh, a lot of different things. Uh, and I'll have to look at these and choose the best ones for me that and the ones that will match, of course, my project very well, but also myself. Because coming from an artistic background and not a scientific background, I'm actually quite a lot behind in terms of, of scientific research methodology and things like that. So I'll have, have to look into that. Yeah, so that is uh, this really exciting times. Then I have, um, rounding off, I can say that I have, uh, um, uh, I have also gathered uh, six other PhD projects that I will be be reading as soon as possible because it's uh, I need to really know how how the framing of this I need to be able to imagine visually and and uh, and intellectually <laughs> in my mind and and like uh, structure wise and language wise and, uh, and and so on I need to to have a very clear impression on how a PhD project will actually look so I have found uh, six different projects some of them relate quite closely to my project so they will also be be relevant to that but some of them are just projects that are out of my own personal interest and a few of them are also just uh, good friends or people i know that that i think i'm very interested in knowing what they uh, what they have been uh, been writing about and i can see it's about 900 pages of reading and i think i'll do a specific episode where i do a little uh, uh, maybe in some weeks where i do a little bit of a pre-talk for a few minutes before i read them and then i can come back in the same episode and say well how was it reading all of these pages here yeah but i think um, i'll round off now it's very late and dark outside and I should go to bed. So uh, so uh, I imagine that my next post, which will be episode four, will probably be in a, in a week's time, maybe even a little less than that, because then I have had my next meeting with my tutor and then I should actually know which classes I'll be enrolled at. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's at least the, the next step. So good night to everyone and uh, thanks for listening. Bye bye. For comments, questions and ideas, you can reach me at jesper.andersen at dkdm.dk. The music is by Homesick Hank. Check them out. Thanks for listening.